hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the behind the scenes episode of Let's Get Real. I'm Nina Simons, and today we have a treat. We have Andy Simons, the uh, co-executive producer and my sound guy, uh, also my uh, partner uh, in crime, um, as in my spouse, spousal unit. It's a long list of credentials. (laughs) Well, you actually do have a long list of roles in my life, which is one of the nice (laughs) things about our relationship. Yes, yes. So um, we're in season three, and we wanted to do this behind-the-scenes episode from um, Bainbridge, Washington where we've been spending uh, the week uh, scouting things out because we think this is going to be our new um, forever home place, uh, hopefully, uh, if, the, if the real estate market cooperates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're in this sweet little, another sweet little Airbnb, and we wanted to reach out to you. We know we're a little bit late with this episode. First time in a year and a half that I've missed a deadline, so I'm sad about that. But at the same time, proud of the fact that this is the first time that we are late. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think people are noticing whether you're late or not. <laughs> it's still the same week that I was supposed to publish. Yes. You're, you're very all about deadlines, so it's good. <laughs> That's that J on the Myers-Briggs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Andy is going to do some of the questions today because as we prepared for this conversation, we thought it would be good for him to ask me a little bit about what this season is, um, is about, why I chose it, et cetera. And then we're also going to share a little bit about us, because that's what behind the scenes is all about. Yeah, we should talk about the setting we're in right now. We're in another remote setting, and we only have one microphone again. So we did a remote in Toronto Mm -hmm. and had one microphone and decided we needed to rent a second microphone, and then it didn't work very well. So this time we're back to one, and we're both huddled on either side of the microphone. Um so now we have no way to mix our voices or control the sound, but that's all right. That's my other job. I'll, we'll make it work. Yes. Uh, we're in a little cute little loft above a garage near downtown uh, Bainbridge. Yeah. It's a very lovely little spot for us. We yeah. don't have the dog with us. It wasn't a dog uh, oriented No, Zoe. Place. Oh, yeah. She's waiting at home, back in Chilean, Washington for us when we yeah. get there in a couple of days. So, uh, so here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Uh, I probably would want to ask you just like, why, why is season three about climate change? Uh, great question. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I think as I've been exploring activism and being, um, like this idea that we're all leaders and we all have responsibility for the world we're creating, it just made a lot of sense to me, given my own anxiety about uh, climate and it almost as a proactive step so that I could stop the, the what we call doom scrolling, where you go through your, mm-hmm. uh, or just reading articles that were so alarming and then not feeling like, you know, it, it, just my over-focus on plastics in our home or uh, converting us all to plant-based eating and <laughs> all these yes. obsessions I have. I thought, well, this is a proactive thing I can do because I, I enjoy um, sharing episodes with uh, friends and clients and my listeners, our listeners. So just felt like climate change would be a wonderful way to organize a, a season. Cool, cool. And yeah. I went plant-based with you for like 48 hours. 
Yes, you did. And you're so disappointed how quickly I ejected from that lifestyle. Well, disappointment is only <laughs> part of it. I also was amazed that you even wanted to experiment with it. So yeah. it was a good shot. And we are doing more plant-based eating. Sometimes I don't even think you realize that I'm slipping some uh, Beyond Meat into our chili. But. Yeah, yeah. You're you're sneaking in tofu and weird products into our food. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's part of what this episode and the whole season's about is like, what are the small changes that uh, we can make? And a lot of I, a lot of people I know are already making those small changes. Um, but more importantly, how can we all be more educated about what the main issues are rather than feeling anxious or guilty? Um, just find ways to contribute, like even small ways to contribute. So that's what I was hoping I could do with this season. Yeah, it's interesting. The thing that you and I have been talking about a bunch in learning more about this subject and and debating it and discussing it is what are we doing in our individual daily lives? Um, and, uh, I think we listened to some podcast somewhere where, where, uh, the discussion was, you know, kind of frankly, Hey, whatever an individual person is doing actually doesn't matter. You may feel good about it, but it really doesn't have any impact. And it's the big systemic changes that'll have impact. Um, but yes, that, in fact, there's a statistic yeah. that's uh, 0.000000003% of climate change comes from an individual American, right? That the, the actions that you take right. versus the 50 billion tons that we're creating globally every year. Yeah, right. And that didn't, doesn't say that people shouldn't be doing individual things, but... Uh, no, in yeah. fact, uh, but where you have influence really matters. So... You can do individual things that have an influence on the people around you, um, like, you know, deciding not to uh, drive or buying an electric car. I know that you've, with your car, with our car, I guess now, <laughs> since we're, we're down to one car right now, which is also environmentally uh, better to have fewer, fewer goods fewer consumable goods that eventually over time deteriorate. Um, but we have an electric vehicle and people ask you about it all the time. Well, yeah, I think the, the big thing that happened in California really was solar panels in the electric vehicle. And, um, that certainly feels great. You know, if you want to do a lot of virtue signaling about how awesome you are for the planet, um, that feels great. But in that case, it also just economically, it was just a no brainer, right? Yeah. It actually was just cheaper, uh, in the long run, um, to, to move, you know, to that kind of sustainable, uh, experience for the power in our house and the, in our car. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason it was sustainable is because California provides tons of incentives for people to do things like that. We sure. got a uh, credit for our car. And we also got a credit for our solar panels, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's so, an example of public policy and individual action working together. Yeah, that's where that's though that's good that you bring that bring that up because those two things immediately made it a no brainer. Like the math yeah. all worked out that this is going to save us money. Um, but the thing you just touched on is that that is not going to save the planet. Right. Um, the only thing that actually is impactful is the number of people that have asked about the solar panels, asked about, you know, well, how does that work? What are you getting? You know, what's your monthly electricity bill like? Uh, the mm-hmm. car, like, how's that working out for you? What's what's the what's the impact of your life and 
and using that car. And so the influence of other people thinking about making the same decision is a lot more impactful because if 20 people actually um, move to electric cars or to solar panels uh, because they see their friends doing it, that's that ripple is that ripple has impact. Yeah. I also want to just bust a myth uh, that I hear a lot and you just said it, 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 which is that um, we're saving the planet. We're actually saving ourselves because because most scientists believe the planet will survive in some form right. even with climate change whether humans will be able to live on the planet 200 years from now right. is the big question right so we focus a lot on saving the planet and doing it for the planet but it's actually for us and for the other mammals that we share this planet with and and other beings right so so I and I also want to uh while we're talking about this another myth myth that I um was really interested and encouraged by is only 10% of the U S population don't believe in climate change. Um, the rest believe in, it in some form. Now, not everyone believes that, um, climate change is human caused, but even that number, 75% believe that climate change is real. And a majority also believe that humans are causing it mm-hmm. like more than 50%. And that includes Republicans. 57% of Republicans believe climate change is real. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, we actually have more consensus on this issue that sometimes it feels like when you turn on the news. Yeah. Well, the other thing we're doing is researching a, a sustainable home. Yes. Uh, because we don't have a home right now. And so we're trying to figure out what's next, whether we buy buy a home or refurb it and, or, or just, build new. And or that, build new. we met with a, a design build firm on Monday. And what was the biggest upshot of that time with for you? Well, I think the... Uh, well, one upshot is how expensive it is. <laughs> yes, to build. Um, I think the uh, you know the interesting thing about it is again is it it's not necessarily that living in a sustainable home will have impact on the yeah. environment. It is the fact that it'll be one more sustainable home hmm. that uh, will be around forever. Like if we build a home, it'll be around long after we leave the planet. And so the fact that it's sustainable, it's, it's lifespan is, you know, maybe six times what, a six times what, yeah. what we, what we use it for. And then again, it'll be a thing where someone, our, our social network and our friend network will ask about it and it'll have, it'll have influence. Yes. Um, and that is kind of cool. Like I, you know, as much as I dive into the math of what does it cost and what is the actual energy savings? I was even on this builder pushing back on solar. So like, why would we do solar? Like it's yeah. gray and rainy here and power is cheap and power is mostly hydroelectric produced for the state of Washington. Yeah. And, you know, just pushing back on like, is this just to make us feel good or is it actually have impact? We had a pretty good conversation about that. Um, and one of the things we learned is that despite being in Washington state so close to hydropower that a lot of our power is still generated by fossil fuels. So that was mind blowing for me. Yes. Requires more <laughs> research too. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you're a little skeptical about that, but, yeah. but yeah, I thought that that conversation was interesting. And the thing that surprised me most when we were talking to him, well, two things, well, learning that, that one of the things that he was recommending was not building anything over 2000 square feet. Um, which I was really surprised that you were like nodding your head, like that, that would be okay. <laughs> well, yes. Well, I think it's, it's because, uh, there is this truth around mm-hmm. our lifestyle, which is, it's just yes. you and me and Zoe. Yes. And then we have kids kind of cycling in and out at different times and building 
square footage that you're heating and cooling mm. all the time that isn't getting used doesn't make sense. And so I think it, it's one of those really interesting areas because as I research sustainable homes, that was kind of at the top of the list. It was like yeah. how you insulate the house um, and how much square footage you have. Everything is subservient to that. Yeah. Like triple pane windows, yeah. different types of insulation and low square footage. Everything you do after that has impact, but not nearly as much as that. And it's like, yeah, you're right. That's- yeah. Yeah. And I think it is important that we're honest about the level of privilege and um, and our carbon footprint, how much influence we can have individually. Um, you know, the average American consumes 16 tons per person. And our, we're probably higher than that because of our income level because we can afford a bigger home because right. we buy new cars. And so just even recognizing that we're, again, that idea of virtue signaling, right? Like we're not going to be able to put a dent in this as much as we want. So it's why doing systemic things really, really is the thing that's going to matter the most in our life, but also for a lot of other people who have affluence. So, Right, right. Yeah, there was an actual stat that I, I read the other day that was that, um, a majority of the world per person uses less electricity than an American refrigerator per day. Yes. Right. Yes. And so we here are, we are, we're using a lot of power Yes. <laughs> just to live our normal life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, refrigerants I think are one of the major causes that, yeah. that, that, that scientists agree on. And so, and that one of the websites I think I've mentioned before in this season, but I'll bring up here again is, um, the drawdown project. And I think it's an amazing, very practical place for people to go for updated information about solutions. Right. So that's where I get a lot of my information. Um, well, and, let's transition into, yeah, you yeah. know, what are the actual high impact things that people can do? Because we, we touched on influence a yes, little bit. Yes. But what is the, what is the, the sort of the uh, running sort of uh, belief around if we're going to have impact yes what is it going to be yes well that's a great um thing to focus on and there are things individuals can do like driving less and having an energy efficient home and eating more plant-based or eating all plant-based those are individual actions but the high impact things you can do that have an influence on the world we live in and the systems we're in include things like being politically engaged so um, making sure that your representatives know that climate is one of your top issues and that you want them to invest in uh, green technology legislation or anything that's going to be helpful around um, the the work that in the United States, like even just the fact that we left the Paris Agreement for four years, that's that's huge. That has a huge impact on on how much progress we can make globally because of the influence of the United States. So stuff like that, and even locally really does matter. Uh, plant-based solutions like investing in nonprofits that are, um, and or even social impact entrepreneurs who are looking at plant-based solutions. So I just did an episode, um, episode two was with David um, O'Leary and it was about um, this idea of investing in a sustainable way or investing in in social impact businesses. And so it could be in environment or it could be in something else, but the environmental piece is super, um, super cool because we're learning more and more that it doesn't have to just be the nonprofits who are addressing some of this stuff. That right. people can actually invest in businesses that are tackling some of these issues. So that's really neat. Um, 
the third thing is actually empowering women and girls. Like who knew that that was a, a thing that would actually help with climate change? Tell, say more about that. Uh, well, the idea there is that um, the more educated um, women are, um, the better decisions get made. <laughs> because women are more uh, relational, uh, oftentimes are more, you know, thinking more responsibly. But it's also something as simple as family planning. Like, I know that it's controversial right now in the United States to even talk about having fewer children or um, even the, the, the pro-abortion movement. But the idea, the goal in, is to have, if, if, if women are having children that they can support, that they can financially take care of, that's great. But when there's more children, then there could be a negative impact. So this doesn't mean that me coming from a affluent um, Western culture that I'm deciding how many children people in poorer countries get to have. That's not what this is about. Right, right. But if we educate women and girls, then they end up having fewer children because they know that it's better for their family for them to do that. Got it. Got yeah. it. Where do uh, carbon credits and carbon offset, where does that fall in all of this? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. I wish I had a, I'm putting you on a, spot. a better answer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think there's it's controversial, and it'd be great to do to bring a guest in to talk about this. Uh, there's something called zombie credits, mm, okay, um, which is w- people who are not that big of fans of carbon credits believe what happens is is that um, well, a carbon credit basically just means that high polluting uh, industries can buy credits from uh, companies that are less polluting, right? So it's a way to draw down supposedly more quickly. So some people believe that that is really helpful because then it creates investment in those new technologies and those new businesses. The drawback is, is that a lot of, of businesses, it can be a little bit nefarious. They can use credits that they've already, um, they get to draw down and get credit for stuff that's already happened in the past. So it actually isn't actually doing what we need to do, which is we, we are on a trajectory of like 2.5 centigrade, uh, degrees in climate right now. And, w- and we all know that anything above 1.5 right. is going to be make the world inhabitable for humans almost or very difficult. So, so the, the zombie word, the word is like they're getting credit for dead credit. They're, they're getting, getting for credit dead for actions something that they did that already. already did. And yeah. it's not actually. Yeah. Them Versus beat. the like Microsoft building their campus to be totally green. Like that's a future focused. Right kind of credit. So, um, so that's, that's a sustainable practice that actually has weight. There's a term called greenwashing, which is what these zombie credits create. It's like companies get to say they're sustainable, but they're actually not doing anything differently. That's the, that's the fear of people who are really, um, adamant that we make more radical change sooner. Right. Right. And radical is just basically trying to slow it down at a quicker rate than we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see I've been learning a lot, and I have some interesting guests uh, coming up. I'm going to be talking to a woman um, next week, uh, so it'll be a December episode, um, about the uh, why is it so hard to have this conversation with people, and what actually, when, it's, when it gets controversial, like when right. it gets political. So not the conversation about having an electric car, but the conversation about could we all be doing more and what is the, what is the real more that we want to be doing? And so I'm looking forward to that conversation because, because she's a facilitator. So I'll get to geek out a little bit about, um, how to create, um, conversations where people feel like they, um, belong and feel included in the conversation about climate. So that's going to be fun. And then I hope to, um, 
have a guest in about the fashion business because uh, besides plastic, fashion is one of the um, biggest culprits of like unsustainable waste that we're creating. Because we we talk a lot about carbon mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other things happening to the planet right now that are having a big impact, like the amount of plastic in our ocean. And some of that plastic is coming from textiles, sure, a big part sure. of it. So so I want to, inter- and I always want to inter- interview people who are doing hopeful, interesting things that, that are part of the solution rather than focusing entirely on the negative part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get away from the doom scrolling and just feeling bad about what's going on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I want I'm really hoping fingers crossed that our good friend who's an artist, I won't who will remain nameless here, but who did a beautiful series on the glaciers. I'm really hoping that um, he'll come on because he's done a lot of sketches and then these yes. wood prints of, of glaciers that in the, it's actually, his book is called the last glacier. So I'm actually outing myself oh, now. Well, you're just trying to, to come on now. He's going to have to come on. <laughs> if he won't come on, maybe his uh, wife <laughs> Sam yeah, will right. and talk about his work. Either way, I'd love for people to hear more yeah. about his work. Cause he's been working on that project for many years and it's getting some good visibility recently. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, what else do we want to talk about in this behind the scenes episode? I think we're we've done great. We've uh, got we've got good audio and uh, <laughs> a good conversation. Uh, I'm enjoying any... this. We should at least tell people about our setup today. We'll put pictures of it on Instagram as well. But tell them how creative you were about. Uh, you know, usually we're set up with two mics on two tracks, which I. I never knew was important, but you feel is really important. What's right. what's helpful from an audio standpoint about each person in the interview being on a different mic? Um, well, I think uh, I, the simplest part of it is that you have people that have different tonalities in their voice. Mm-hmm. They have different hardware that they're recording through, whether it's their own mic or we do it ourselves. Um, and... Uh, you have the ability to go in and post-process that audio differently. So if it's a man's voice versus a woman's voice, if there, um, uh, there's a thing called DSing, which mm. gets rid of that sort of high S when you, say, when you say S's, <laughs> you, you know, there's a lot of post-process you Got can do. It. And so, and then just controlling the level between the two so that, that mm. they are the same volume and the same, uh, same and then sort when I'm energy. rude and I interrupt my guests, you can make sure that <laughs> yeah. all that doesn't show up in the... Uh, yeah, well, the other one is just pure editing, right? Yes. Just being able to say, hey, we're going to go take this section out because it didn't seem to be that interesting. And having <laughs> having having both tracks being on separate, uh, uh, separately recorded helps that. Yeah, so, so if an episode is boring, they can really blame you because right. you basically didn't do enough editing. I didn't do enough editing. <laughs> and as I tell you often, I'm like, really, I don't want to do edits. Yes, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it tight. Keep, Keep it, it tight, tight. host. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so today, because we wanted to travel light and because um, we are trying to live lighter, we didn't bring two mics. We're, we, we're resisting the urge to buy another new uh, yeah, really, mic. Yeah, really want to buy another mic, but yes, trying to hold we back. we will eventually. Yeah. Uh, but so we're working off one mic, so we get to sit kind of yeah, cozy yeah. here and have this conversation. Yeah. So hopefully the volume will be good. It's a, it's a little silly because I think I own eight microphones oh, for my drum set. Do. So we, do. we use those occasionally, but they're not, they're not ideal for a high uh, quality for, for yeah. Uh, voice. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate how much you support me in this particular endeavor. And uh, I know that some of it's fun for you and sometimes sure. it's a pain in the butt. So it's fun to get 
get in the show. That's always been my goal. I finally got executive producer title. Yes. And getting on the show. Co-executive producer. Co-executive producer. God dang it. Okay. But now I'm I'm on the show, which is also another career victory Well, and you have that beautiful radio voice, so (laughs) I should be using you every other episode. All right. Let's wrap it up. (laughs) Wrap it up over there, host. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Great to be here. Okay.